Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Tonight I wanted to talk about one of the most important things that Jesus ever wanted to share with us, something he really wanted us to get. I want to talk about the greatest commandment, and this is found in Mark chapter 12, verses 29. You know, one of the religious leaders of the day had asked Jesus, what is the most important of all the commandments? And Jesus, in in verse 29, it says, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. You know, it's, it's interesting that th- this isn't the first time that these people heard this. They had heard it many times. This actually comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it's part of a prayer known as the Shema. And the Jewish people, they would pray this every morning and every night. And so it was something they were very familiar with. You know, I feel like it's important for us. You know, we always want to grow in our knowledge and our understanding of God. But it's important that we don't forget the truth that he's already revealed to us. That we don't forget the things that he's already uh, uh, given us to walk in. You know, this commandment, you think about the greatest commandment. It's not something uh, that you move on from very quickly. To love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all our mind, all of our strength, that is a lifelong pursuit. That's a lifelong journey. Amen. And so, you know, before we get into tonight, I want to kind of break that commandment down. But before we get into that, I want to start by talking about the word love. Because it's hard to fulfill that commandment if you don't have a clear understanding of what love is. Um, You know, I love God. I love God. But I also love pizza. And I love baseball. And I love uh, crawfish. I love all sorts of things. And so we use that word love. We use it all the time for everything. And it can kind of start to lose its weight. And so, uh, you know, I remember uh, uh, years ago when my wife and I, we had just started dating. We'd been dating a couple months. And she invited me over to her house for dinner. And I remember being so nervous because Danielle's dad, Rob, he's a big guy. He's kind of outspoken. And he's, he was pretty intimidating. And so we, we sit down for dinner uh, at the table, and right before we're about to eat, Rob, and he's got a big, gruff voice, Rob says, Doug, bro, Doug, bro, you love her? We've been dating for two months. Man, I, I almost passed out. Like, I froze. I didn't know what to do. He hit me with the ultimate question. There's no good answer. You know, we just started dating, so if I said yes, I didn't want to freak her out. But then if I said no, then that has some negative ramifications. And so I didn't know what to say, and I think one of her sisters changed the subject and, and bailed me out, got me off the hook. But uh, fast forward a couple months, I finally get up the courage to tell Danielle that I love her, and she said, thank you. I appreciate it. Man, brutal. Uh, so I, I eventually went over a couple, uh, couple months later. But you know, when you, when you tell somebody that you love them, it's supposed to mean something. It's supposed to carry some weight. You know, the world's definition of love it, it's very shallow, it's self-serving, it's fleeting. But when you, when you see what the Bible has to say about love, it's completely different. In 1 John chapter 3, verses 16, it says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. And if real love is Jesus giving up his life, then for me, real love is, is laying down my life for him. 
You know, real love is sacrifice. Real love is surrender. Real love is costly. You know, when I begin to think about all the reasons that I have to love God, you know, I think about the love that God has for me. You know, it's boundless. It's endless. I, it's, it's more far-reaching, I believe, than I could ever imagine. You know, the mercies of God, that they are new every day, that every day that I wake up, there's an endless ocean of God's mercies that are waiting on me. There's nothing that I could ever do that could ever be a match for God's forgiveness and his mercies for me. Now, I think about God's faithfulness, the faithfulness of God in my life. When I think about God's faithfulness, I think about Elliott Road. Do you guys know where Elliott Road is? I grew up off of, uh, I grew up off of Hushitu, and then now I live off of Tiger Bend. And so I think 90% of the days of my life I've driven on Elliott Road multiple times. And most of the time when I'm in my truck, I'm praying. And I think about all the prayers that I've prayed going up and down Elliott Road. You know, prayers for a godly wife, prayers for healthy kids, prayers that God would allow me to walk in my calling, you know, prayers of repentance when I'd messed up and blown it, uh, prayers of thanksgiving when I've just been overwhelmed by the blessings of God. And so, man, when I drive on that road, I just think about God's faithfulness in all the seasons of my life. He is so faithful. And there's just so many reasons that we have to worship God. And I find that the more that I know God, the more that I love God. The more I found out about him, the more I love him. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, you know, I realize that there is no one that is more worthy of my love and my devotion than God is. And, you know, one of the things I love about the great commandment is that it gives us good directions. Jesus tells us exactly how we are to love God. I don't like figuring things out on my own. I like for you to tell me what you want me to do. All the husbands said amen. You know, I, like for, I just like to know what I need to do. I remember a couple years ago, uh, I went to the doctor because I had a cold. And uh, I was in the doctor's office, and he, he came in, and he started asking me a few questions. And then he, he, he handed me a robe. And he told me, but he was kind of mumbling. He said it under his breath. He was not clear at all. And he says, uh, and he was looking down, and he was pointing at my pants, and he said, I, I want you to put this robe on. Take those off and put this robe on. I'll be right back. But he's kind of mumbled it. And so he left, and he walked out the room, and I started to think, I don't really know what he wants me. I don't know what he wants me to do. Does he want me to take off my shirt? Does he want me to take off my pants? I'm confused. I'm in here for a cold, man. I don't, why does this guy want me to take my, what kind of doctor is this, you know? Maybe you want to give me a shot. I'm not sure. But uh, so I was confused. So I walked out the door of the doctor's office, and I looked down the hall, and it was like the apocalypse. Man, there's nobody around. I can't find anybody anywhere. And so I shut the door, and I went back into the, uh, into the office, and I'm just kind of panicking. I was like, i got to make a decision here. It's 50-50, pants or shirt, which one I'm going to put on. So I, I wouldn't be telling you guys this story if I'd have chosen right either, I, you know. And so I put the gown on, and he looked at my pants. And so I took my pants off, and he walked in, and he just looked, he just looked at me. Like he was, like, disappointed in humanity. He just shook his head, like, really? Like, this is a first I've never seen. And I'm like, man, this is your fault. If you would have given me good directions, now you created a really awkward situation for both of us. If you would just give me good directions. And so I'm thankful that Jesus, he gives us good directions. He tells us, hey, this is how I want you to love me. I want you to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the first thing that Jesus mentions is to love him with all of our heart. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the first thing that he mentions is to love him with all of our heart. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23, it says, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. You know, our heart, it steers the direction of our life. Our heart, it's our desires, it's our passions, it's the things that we love, the things that we care about. And when it comes to our heart, God doesn't want to share it. He wants all of it. God wants all of our heart. The Bible says that God is a jealous God, and so he doesn't want to share our devotion. He wants all of our heart. In 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 33, the Bible talks about a people, and I don't have time to go into their backstory, but listen to what it says about them. It says, and though they worship the Lord, they continue to follow their own gods. And though they worship the Lord, they continue to follow their own gods. That doesn't even make sense. You read that, and you're like, what's wrong with these people? But the truth is we do this all the time. We'll come into church on Sunday and we worship. Man, we're in God's presence. We listen to the message. But throughout the week, we give our heart to everything else. You know, God, he doesn't want to share our devotion. You know, Jesus said, if you want to know where your heart's at, look at where you invest your treasure. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Our treasure is our time. Our treasure is our resources. Our treasure is our talents and abilities. And, you know, it, it, you know if, what it looks like, if, if God has our heart, then our life is reflected in that, in the way that we invest it. You know, one of the things I realize is that we have, a limited, we have a limited capacity. You know, we're human. There's only so many hours in a day. There's only uh, so much energy that we have. We, only, we don't have unlimited resources. And so if we are going to love God with all of our heart, then something's got to go. It's kind of like this glass of water. You know, once it's filled... If I want to pour any more in, I've got, to, I've got to pour some out to pour some more in. And so for us, we've got to be able to look at our life and identify the places that need to go so that we can grow in our love for God. You know, it's, it's healthy for us to sometimes to learn to say no to ourselves. We live in a culture where, hey, if you want to do something, just do it. If it feels good, do it. We need to learn to be able to say no sometimes. One of my favorite things in the whole world is hot glazed Mary Lee donuts, you know. I don't like anything on them, no chocolate or sprinkles, just hot glazed donuts where they're almost burning your fingers, man. It's like heaven on earth. That's my favorite thing in the world. And, you know, I'm a man. I'm 40. Like that football coach said that time, I'm a man. I'm 40. I can, you know, I could get hot glazed Mary Lee donuts every day if I wanted to, as long as I've got the money. Um, But... You know, nobody's going to stop me, but I've got to be able to realize, Doug, this isn't healthy, man. You can't do this. This isn't good for you. Spiritually, it's the same way. There are things in our life, and maybe they're even good things. It's not necessarily something that's bad, but it's something that you made a priority over God. You know, we've got to be able to look at our life and say, God, what are the things that need to go so that I can make more room for you? You know, you can hear that, and people may think, you know, man, serving God sounds like no fun. It just feels like I need to give up all the fun things in my life. Man, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, You know, if Jesus ever asks us to lay something down for him and surrender something, he's only going to replace it with something better. I believe that God, more than anybody, knows what is best for us. Jesus said that if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you're going to find it. Listen to what it says in Psalms 119, verses 2. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. You know, I I believe the most fulfilled, the most satisfied life that we will ever live is one where we are surrendered to God, loving him with all of our heart. Amen. So we love God with all of our heart. The next thing that Jesus mentions is to love God with all of our soul, to love him with all of our soul. You know, now's a good time to bring up that, 
you know, these are four different things, heart, soul, mind, strength, but they touch, you know, they interact. You know, it's not like one of those plates with the dividers that keeps all your food separate. This is like Thanksgiving. You know, everything touches. And if you love God with your heart, then you're going to love him with your strength. If you love him with your soul, then you're going to love him with your heart. And, you know, when it, what it looks like to love God with our soul, you know, our soul, it's the deepest places of our being. Man, it's our most inward places. Uh, and, you know, a good example of this is in Matthew 26, verses 38. This is when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about to be betrayed. And he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. But my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Just a very intense, deep emotion. Have you guys ever felt something so deep in your being, so deep in your soul? Man, you can't even put it into words. And when we love God with our soul, we're loving him with those deep places. Psalms 42, verse 7, it talks about how deep calls to deep. You know, the deep places of us calling out to the deep things of God. We see it again in the New Testament with Jesus. He's talking to the woman at the well, and he tells her, he said, God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Father is looking for people who will worship him that way. You know, to worship God in spirit and in truth, it's a genuine love. It's authentic. It's deep. It's real. Psalms 103, David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know, David's reminding himself, he's telling himself, hey, don't just go through the motions. Don't just do this thing out of ritual and routine, but love the Lord. Bless God from your soul. Let all that is within me bless his holy name. You know, one of the best ways that we worship God with our soul Pastor Johnny talked about this on Sunday. It's finding quiet time with God. You know, it's really hard to connect with God on a soul level whenever we never make time to, to be quiet and to be still before him. You know, when our lives and our schedules are always full, there's always something going on. We're always engaged. You know, there's always something in front of us. It's hard to connect with God on a soul level when things are that way. Even when we, we have downtime, you know, we're distracted by our phones or television, whatever it might be, we've got to find quiet time with God if we're going to tap into those deep places in our soul. In Psalm 62, verses 5, it says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him alone. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. We've got to find times where we can get still before God and connect with him on a soul level. Amen. So we love God with our heart. We love him with our soul. And then we love God with our mind. You know, our minds, it's our thoughts. It's our intellect. It's our creativity. You know, we can hide our thoughts from everybody else. We can hide our thoughts from everyone, but we can't hide our thoughts from God. He sees everything that's going on up here. And, you know, there, there's, you can't always control what, what thoughts come into your mind, man. You get crazy thoughts. Stuff comes into your mind all the time. But you can't control what you grab a hold of. You can't control what you fixate on and what you dwell on. And so it's important that we keep our thoughts pure before God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5, it says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, every thought that comes through our mind, it's got to pass the filter. We've got to see if that thing lines up with God's word. And if it doesn't, then it's got to go. And I'm not just talking about thoughts that may be sexually impure. But, man, thoughts of fear, thoughts of doubt, you know, thoughts of worry, negative thoughts. Sometimes, you know, I find just being transparent for me, Negative thoughts are sometimes like a magnet to me. It didn't, my mind just wants to go to the worst case scenario, just to, to the, worst, the worst that it could be. 
I remember, you know, whenever I was a teenager years ago, it's been a long time, uh, I was doing a youth camp. I was leading worship, and it was a youth camp in Tennessee, and I was there with some good friends. I remember my buddy Steve Ware was there. My dad was there. Uh, I've got some other good friends that were there, just a bunch of good guys. And we were sleeping in this room. And this doesn't even make sense, but it was kind of below a swimming pool. And so it was really musty. It was like a cave, man. It was terrible. And so we were starting to feel bad from sleeping there. We're like, man, we got to get out of here. We've got to find somewhere to sleep uh, that, 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 you know, doesn't make us feel like we're dying. And so we were looking all over the place. The only place that we could find was this room above where we were meeting each night. And so we left a crack in the door so we could sneak back in later that night when everybody else left. And so we get in that room, and it's a big room. It, it, was, it, it, it's a, it was a large room, and there was nothing in it. It was completely empty, just carpet, and there were no windows in there, and there was one door. And when you turn the lights off, man, it was so dark. It was like dark. You could feel it dark. And so we were all in there, and we didn't have flashlights, you know, where you could just turn on a light real quick. And so we, we were all laying down in there in our sleeping bags, and we were kind of cutting up, you know, kind of laughing and stuff. And then you know how it goes, like it starts to get quiet. And then right before we fell asleep, y'all know like that, you know, kind of like in between being awake and falling asleep, that kind of like in between state, you're kind of out of it. You're not asleep, but you're not, you're like right there, you know, about to fall asleep. And so right then we were about to fall asleep. And one of the guys starts yelling, get it off of me, get it off of me, get this thing off of me. Man, when a grown man, when it's pitch black, and a grown man starts yelling, get this thing off of me. That is terrifying. That is scary. You know, I'm trying hard to find, like, some positive outcomes for this situation. And there's nothing that make, would seem like this is going to be okay. I didn't know what was in there. Like, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, is it like a bear that was in the ceiling that we didn't see? Is it the, you know, the boogeyman? I don't know what could possibly be in here. But this was real, man. He was not joking. And so he's yelling, get it off of me. And, and everybody's panicking, and we're, everybody's yelling, turn on the lights, turn on the lights. Nobody wants to get up and turn the lights on because we're scared it would get us. And we couldn't find the lights because it was pitch black in there. And so finally, it was Steve Ware. And I remember he turned the lights on, and when he did, my dad was standing there. And it was my dad that was yelling, and my dad was standing there. And he said, man, he said, my arm fell asleep, and it brushed up against me, and when it did... Man, I thought it was like a raccoon or some kind of wild animal in here trying to get me. I was like, man, you almost gave me a heart attack. I thought I was going to die. Like, I thought that was it. I thought I was dying. I mean, my mind, man, how many of y'all know, man, my mind went to a bad place. I, all I could think of was just bad things. It's important that we don't dwell on negative thoughts, but that we fill our mind with good things. Philippians 4, 8, listen to what it says. Whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. You know, it's hard to, to live in fear and doubt and worry when your mind is filled with the goodness of God, the promises of God. Amen? And so, you know, when we love God with all of our mind, we're keeping our thoughts pure we're keeping our thoughts away from negative things, and we're filling our mind with the goodness of God. Amen? So heart, soul, mind. And then the last thing that Jesus mentions is loving God with all of our strength. 
Loving God with all of our strength. Colossians 3.23, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. Work for the Lord rather than people. You know, when you're working for God, you've got to, when, when you love God with all of your strength, you've got a spirit of excellence about you. And you're not doing it for people, you're doing it for God. You know, I, I don't know, any like yard of the month people in here, anybody like, you know, all about yard work and your flower beds, that is not me. I'm happy for you guys, but man, I hate cutting grass. That's like one of my least favorite things. Cutting grass is a necessary evil for me. I cut grass so my neighbors won't get mad at me. That's why I cut grass. And every time I'm cutting grass, there's this one part of my yard. It's on the left side of my house. Nobody ever goes over there, and it's behind a fence. And every time I'm cutting grass, I always think, man, nobody will even know if I just skip this part. I should just skip it. But I would know. I would know, and that would bother me. I heard Drew Brees say one time that you'll do everything like you do anything. You'll do everything like you do anything. And if you cut corners in the small things, you'll cut corners in the big stuff. And if, you're, if you give your all to the little things, then you'll give your all in the big things. One of the things that I always try to communicate to our team, our worship team, is control what you can control. Not everybody can sing like Alcide. Not everybody can sing like Joy and Chris. They're amazing singers. But you know what? You can be on time. You can have a good attitude. You can be prepared. You know, you control what you can control. You know, that's what having a spirit of excellence is all about. For me, one of the people that has modeled that the best and is big, such a good example to me, and I'm about to earn some brownie points, but my wife, Danielle, she has got a spirit of excellence. She's just an incredible wife and mom, and uh, Danielle's, Danielle works in real estate. Shameless plug. But uh, Danielle works in real estate. And she really does an amazing job. She is so good at what she does. She's got an excellent spirit. And you know what? I've seen that open doors for her over and over and over again to be able to share the love of Jesus with people because they trust her. They see her work ethic and they trust her. And, uh, you know, there's been so many times where I've come home from work and she'll be on the couch and I'll hear her talking with somebody. I can tell it's a serious conversation. And when she gets off the phone, I'll ask her, you know, what was that all about? Who was that? And she'll tell me, you know, I had a client, and she's going through a divorce. She needs to sell her house. And I just asked her if I could pray with her. I invited her to church. And I've seen so many people that have come to, the, come to church, give their life to Jesus, get plugged into small groups. Honestly, I, because Daniela shared the love of Jesus with them. And she gets those open doors because she's got a spirit of excellence. You know, it's not just about our job. Loving God with our strength, it's not just about our job. It's not just about what we do. It's about everything that we put our hands to. You know, what's interesting about this last one, this word strength, like I mentioned earlier, it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6 from the Shema. But in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, instead of saying strength, they say might. Love God with all of your might. And that word in Hebrew, it literally translates to love God with all of your much. Much is the word that it translates to. And so to love God with all of our much, that means to love God with our everything, leveraging everything that we have to honor God and to love God, loving him with our life, loving him with our kids, loving him with our family, loving with your house, with your car, with your influence, everything at your disposal, loving God with it. So we love God with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, with our strength. But we know Jesus didn't stop there. In verse 31 of Mark chapter 12, Jesus said that there's a second commandment that's equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
You know, it's really hard to truly love God and not love people. Because when you love God, you love what he loves. And you care about what he cares about. And your heart breaks for what his heart breaks for. And God loves people. God cares about people. God's heart breaks for people. Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of these, you've done unto me. And so I love being a part of a church like Healing Place that makes it a priority to love God and love people. I mean, that's really what it's all about. You know, it would be a shame if we came here tonight and we talked about all these things tonight, heart, soul, mind, strength, and we accomplished all of that, but we missed the boat on loving people. Loving God and loving people, man, that's what life is all about, amen? I wanted to finish like this, and man, you guys, y'all can come out. One of my favorite verses is in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 9. And I love the imagery in this verse. I, I just love, uh, you know, what it looks like in my spirit when I read this. But it says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, you think about that. God is searching. He's looking for people who are committed to him, who love him. And sometimes I, I'll be driving back from New Orleans, and maybe it's, it's, it's nighttime or late at night. And when you're crossing over Lake Pontchartrain, there's a plant out there in the distance. And, and sometimes at night they'll be doing a burn off. And so there's this flame, and you can see it from miles away. And, you know, when I read this verse, I think about that. And I want my life to be like that flame that's shining in the darkness. And that when God's looking, he's looking for people who are committed. And then he says, man, there's somebody whose heart's burning for me. There's someone who's, whose life is on fire for me. And I pray that that would be us, that God would say that about us. And you know what's awesome is it says that people like that, that it attracts God's presence and that he encourages them and that he strengthens them. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.